right, you football-loving maniacs, time for a very special Western Conference final preview interview with none other than a man who at one time was a Golden Eagle with Oral Roberts. Then he was a Midwestern State Mustang. He's bounced all over the American soccer pyramid, and now he finds himself in a Western Conference final against none other than the El Paso Locomotive, fresh off of his 2-1 defeat against Phoenix Rising FC on a dollar beer night, no less. Kalen Ryden, my friend, my pal, how are you? Oh, I'm doing so well. Thank you for having me on the show. I'm excited to be here. Well, we're excited to have you, and, and we asked you before we came on how you're feeling about this weekend. And, it, you know, it sounds like you've played in some bigger games in your career. You're, you're kind of so-so in terms of, you know, the excitement level for this weekend's game. Yeah, I'm not too excited at all. I mean, no, it's not that big of a game. I'm not, you know, it's just another day, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> just another day, just another mediocre podcast. Kalen, we're not going to take up too much of your time, but we obviously have a few questions just in terms of this group and what you guys have been able to accomplish. I mean, let's just start with the, with the season as a whole. I mean, you guys lost 10 games throughout the course of the year. You lost six of them before the calendar even turned to the month of June. And then you guys just went on a ridiculous run, including the month of October, where you guys garnered all sorts of accolades. Your coach ends up getting coach of the month, and you guys just were on an absolute roll. You come into this postseason, you know, one of the best teams in form. But what's been like? What's been the mood of this group for the entirety of the season? Uh, I mean, I would say the, the mood has definitely been all over the place. Um, you know, like you said, uh, we didn't have the greatest start to the season. I think at one point uh, we were going 14th, I think, in the West uh, during uh, like the middle part of the season, and you know, so obviously the time like that, you know, when we've, we've got good players on the good team, you know, we're just trying to perform for a bit of frustration. Uh, you know, guys are down, um, but obviously that form changed, um, and we've been on the up, you know, since since the summer. Um, I, I give a lot of credit to to Olave and, and Mike Lane, one of our assistants. You know, we really took a took a, a good look at our roster and, and figured out a system that fits, you know, fit us the best, and they really implemented that very well. And and since then, uh, like you said, we, we've been on kind of a tear. Kalen, Devin Kerr here. Want to kind of combine that together? I thought that was an interesting comment about the system. So very kind of irregular we'll say and what went on with the organization right there where you guys start with Mike Pecky with Real Salt Lake Freddie then comes in as the interim but you also had a change as well where you've got Martin and then Hamison comes in now you'd seen Hamison before last year but talk about what that was like where you've got four pretty big factors within the two organizations moving and systematically how did that change for you guys where normally when you're trying to mimic what goes on with Real Salt Lake how does that now funnel down to you and you guys make your own changes yeah I, I think you know a lot of people look at coaching changes as you know kind of a bad thing or maybe it's it, iffy for, for the team to kind of deal with but at the end of the day you know it's, it's us same players who, who, who are on the field and who are producing and and playing. Um, and like you said, you know, Olave was in the same role last season. Um, so for me personally, you know, it wasn't, didn't take much adjusting because I, I went to the exact same thing the season before. And I think a lot of guys um, really took in that same kind of mentality. Um, but, you know, like I said, Olave uh, kind of tweaked things a little bit towards the, the end of the season, um, kind of took, took control of, of our new system and he did it well and, and everyone bought into it. Kalen, let's talk about your conference semifinal matchup against Phoenix. Um, Devin and I were actually in Phoenix in the game uh, in the regular season, and a very different starting 11, but but a young group that was really hungry, and it just seemed like you guys got the better of them during the regular season. Now, a lot of people pegged you, including myself. I, I had Phoenix moving out of my bracket. You know, it takes a big man to admit the mistake. It was a mistake, but... I mean, you guys just seemed to, to have a really good feel for what was going on over the course of that game. You give up the early goal. You score two really quickly in the form of Jack Blake and Michael Chang. 
I have two questions for you. Number one, what's going through your mind after David Ochoa punches away the corner and Joey Farrell is sitting on the doorstep and literally all he has to do is throw his body at it. Instead, he throws his thigh and ends up over the crossbar. Number two, what was that feeling like at the end of the game? Um, yeah, that uh, that moment with uh, you said a Farrell on the goal line. Obviously, you kind of you almost like you know your heart skips a beat and you're like, oh my gosh, you know the, the game's tied. Um, and fortunately, you know, uh, I think a, a lot of things you know went went our way that game, and, and that was obviously one of them. Um, and and your second question, just about you know how, how do we how do we feel as that final whistle blew? I mean, I mean we were just ecstatic. Um, obviously, because we knew the winner of that game was would be hosting the Western Conference Finals. We knew it was a it was a big deal. We obviously you know love going into places and, and spoiling the party. Um, you know it was dollar beer nights um, and a few weeks before just handing Phoenix their, their first half. And so we knew it was something that we could do. Um, and if we just came out and, and executed and and did the things that we'd worked on. And plan and training. We knew we were going to be successful, and um, as soon as that final whistle blew, all that hard work and, and everything we put in getting up to that game paid off. Jalen, I got I got two for you. Let's start with this one, Tyler. Do you know my man on the other line? Do you know where he played? And I'm not talking about Oral Roberts of Midwestern State. Do you know he is part of the elite in the United Des States? Moines. And I mean this. Des that's Moines. Des Moines. Oh, yeah. Did you hear me? Big time. Yeah. So, Kalen, we have this thing. Mind you, we don't mean as a sign of disrespect. One of our producers throughout the Open Cup runs, he likes to call Des Moines Menace Des Moines. And we, so that's kind of been our joke. But then also we go back and look through and that club is basically a relative who's who. When you look at where they played then and whether it was a college player who had a great run or going to the professional level, was Mark McKeever your coach there? Because when he's when you were there, because I know he's the head of the menace now. Um, he was not. Uh, Lori Calloway was the head coach when I played at Des Moines Menace. Gotcha. OK. Yep. Very familiar. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. So, and my second one was whether it was Lori or when you were at Oral Roberts, of course you transferred to Midwestern state. You, I believe, I know you were drafted by the crew. You got loaned to Austin, right? That year. Yeah. 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 So, but the, the summer before I played PDL for the Aztecs as well, the, the summer before my senior season. Gotcha. Um, but then, yeah, I, I was sent on loan to Austin my rookie year um, while, while I was in Columbus. Gotcha. So whether it's any of those aforementioned, we've also got the white Puma, Jimmy Nielsen, OKC, throw his name into the mix. And oh, by the way, your opposition this weekend, Mark Lowry, your coach in 2017, what's it been like getting a bunch of different experiences under all those managers? Do we have a favorite Who's your favorite person to go out to dinner with? And what's it going to be like facing your coach this weekend? How special is that for you? Uh, it'll be pretty cool. Uh, I think this weekend it, it'll be cool. Um, you know, there's there's a few, there's a handful of, of Jacksonville Armada players who are a part of that, that NASL team um, under Mark that'll be a part of this game. Um, so a little little mini Jacksonville reunion. Um, you know, it's always it's always fun seeing former coaches and players, you know, and, and competing against each other. Um, I, I don't know if I can uh, peg a, a favorite um, uh, coach. I, I've definitely uh, learned uh, something, you know, specific from from each coach that I've had. Um, but I will answer uh, who would I like to, to go to dinner with most. I think that's going to be Jimmy Nielsen. Um, I think uh, his his kind of personality, you know, off the field, um, you know, just a, just a, a good guy and always always having a laugh and always cracking jokes. And, and so I definitely think that uh, uh, going to dinner with Jimmy would probably be uh, my choice for, for coaches. Now, when you say that you want to go to dinner with Jimmy, are you basically saying that you want to go on a dollar beer night extravaganza with Jimmy? Is that more or less the, the vibe that I'm getting? 
maybe we could call it that. (laughs) (laughs) So you talked about some former players, some former coaches, and and how that will always be nice to sort of, um, you know, bring it all back together. Sebastian, um, you know, he was a guy that was a part of that organization. He got got a start with Real Salt Lake. He thought that he was going to potentially get called back up, and that was the allure of him coming back to the Monarchs. He goes overseas to Korea, um, gets a really good experience there, and, and comes back to this El Paso team and sort of gives them new life in their inaugural season. Um, it's no secret that Sebastian is probably one of the best number 10s, if not the best number 10 um, in the league. You played with him last year. What's it going to be like, not only going up against a, a former friend, a former teammate, but or current friend and a former teammate, but just um, trying to trying to stop him and trying to stop a guy that you know is so integral to their attack? Yeah. You know, Seba is obviously a great player, um, you know, but it, it's always fun. Uh, I think, you know, as a defender to match up against, you know, some of the greatest players, you know, in, in the league. And so, you know, I'm looking forward to it. Um, but, you know, like you said, it's going to be challenging. It's going to take a lot of work from us defensively to, to be able to contain him. Um, you know, it's, it's nice seeing him back, you know, here in the States and, and you know, thriving again um, in the USL. So I'm happy for him and I'm happy that, you know, he's, he's, he's taken on El Paso and, and he's, like you said, you know, brought, brought new life to them. Um, but uh, like I said, back to my original statement, just, just looking forward to it um, and just going to enjoy the moments. Uh, I said earlier about playing as former teammates is always fun to, uh, to have been a teammate and, and now to be, you know, going at each other. It's always a good time. You talk about enjoying the moment for, for this Monarchs group. I mean, the, the success that they had in 2017 when you were with Jacksonville winning the shield under Mark Briggs and, and everything like that falling short in the in the opening round and penalties to Sacramento and then last year falling short in the first round. Does, does this feel like a long time coming for this group in terms of the success that you guys have had in the regular season over the past few years, even when you weren't there and now finally having that success in the postseason? Yeah, I, I think so. Um, you know, I, I think last year, uh, the season, the regular season we put together, you know, and um, and even heading into the playoffs, you know, we, we were very confident in the team that we had. Um, and it, it was it was gut-wrenching to, to go out in, in the 90th minute against Reno at home. Um, so I do think that this organization and, and a lot of these players who are here, um, you know, this this kind of run and, and this uh, this playoff uh, season that we're having this year it has been a long time coming for, for, for most of us. And I think it's a place that we deserve to be in, and we've worked hard to get here, um, and we're excited to, to host uh, tomorrow. Kalen, one um, tactical question in terms of what you guys have done a, a system where you primarily set four all season coaching changes or not Reno game was the time where we really saw the massive change. Number one, what's it been like for you playing in a three, five, whatever you want to call it, but what's it like playing for you on the left side of a three next to Conrad and, and Eric, I'm referencing the last 11 compared to being tucked as in a center back in a four. Um, I think for me, I don't really feel uh, much of a difference in terms of where I'm at on the field and how I play, um, because I think the the positions and the space that I find myself in now in a back three as opposed to a back four is very similar. Um, but I think that we are, you know, we're we're more secure with having three center backs always back rather than two. And it allows us, you know, to, to have a bit more freedom in the attack with our wing backs and stuff. Um, but uh, a position that, like I said, I, I don't feel too much difference uh, for me in a back three than a back four. Um, I actually played a very similar system under Mark Lowry in Jacksonville. Um, when, when we were building out a possession, it was almost like a three at the back as well. So it's a place that I played and, and I'm very comfortable in. You're also very comfortable getting forward. A, a guy who, 
it's it's impressive. I, I was just talking to Landon Southwick, one of your guys on their podcast, and I talked about how not only are you guys playing very well at the right time of the year, but you all know your roles and you cover each other very, very well. So when your steps going forward, you're not afraid to take chances because you know the coverage is there and you play off each other very well. Uh, I know you scored the opening goal in the Sacramento game. A- any goal this year or, or maybe last year that you look back on and something that stands out that was special to you? Or is it just kind of, all right, I scored, let's get it on with, I want to go win. Um, well, I, yeah, I always, I always have that mentality, uh, scoring or not. I always just, I always care about winning the game. That's, that's my number one priority every time I step on the field. Um, if, if I, if I think about, um, a goal or goals, um, that kind of were special to me, I would say last season, um, the first home game, we beat Portland four, two, and I had a brace that game. Um, and I, I, I came to the Monarchs very, very late in preseason. I, I think last season I, I got to Salt Lake City about a week before the season kicked off. And so there was the second week uh, we were at home and I scored a brace that game at home. And that just really just kind of put a weight off my shoulders. And I felt that really, you know, helped me connect with the team and really fit in and just made me very, very comfortable with the team. And, and from then on, I had to look back. So I would definitely say that that, that first, uh, first goal of last season and then the one to follow about 10 or 15 minutes later, those are definitely my, my special, I guess you could say, goals here at the Monarchs. I like to say matter of fact, Go ahead, Dev. You were you were a little uh, muffled there. A little muffled. Sorry. I said, notice the confidence. I said, notice the confidence. My center back buddy. He said, yeah, I'm not going to talk about one goal. Let's talk about both. Had a brace. Yeah, no, no big deal. Just throw it in there. Two goals. So nonchalant. Love it, buddy. Listen, you know, I, I, winning is the most important thing, but if you're asking about my favorite mode as a professional is when the spotlight was on me. That's basically what he was saying. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Caitlin, your quick, uh, quick geographical question for you. Uh, you're from the middle of this country, not unlike uh, my, my partner over here, Mr. Devin Kerr, who was actually born in Nebraska, but, but raised in South Florida. So I have a question for you, given your, your exploits in Oklahoma. You know, you talk about Des Moines, a.k.a. Des Moines. Midland Odessa Soccers, Austin, Columbus, Oklahoma City, Jacksonville, now Salt Lake City. Double barrel question. Number one, where has been your favorite city to play in? And number two, if, if you were going to go out with Jimmy Nielsen, where, what city would you take him out in and what specific bar, pub, hole in the wall are you taking him to? Okay, two very good questions. Um, so I would say my favorite place to play, I think, would be here in Salt Lake. Um, and I say that because of the weather here and the views, um, you know, like you said, I'm from Oklahoma, so we barely have any hills. So I'm living next to these massive mountains that have snow on them and, you know, I can get out and about and go on hikes. And I, I really love Lake city, um, as a city and I've enjoyed playing here. Um, I've, you know, where we train out at, you know, Harriman again, out there in the mountains, it's beautiful. Um, so I would say that Salt Lake City has been my, my favorite place to play. Um, and, man, I think I would probably have to go back to Oklahoma City with Jimmy Nielsen. I mean, I think everyone in Oklahoma City loves Jimmy. Uh, we might go to uh, Skinny Slims. That's the uh, the, uh, proper fo- the the proper football pub there in Oklahoma City. Um, and, you know, everyone would come up to our table to talk to Jimmy, not to me. They would probably wouldn't know who I was. They would come up and you know, talk to Jimmy and, and you know, uh, shoot the jokes with us and have a good time. And I think that would be uh, a spot that Jimmy and I would, would enjoy. 
I'd have to imagine that there's a couple of bars that Jimmy probably isn't allowed back in in Oklahoma City, but you know that that wasn't a question. <laughs> uh, I uh, I won't comment on that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Kalen. Well, it's been a pleasure to have you on the show. We don't want to take up any more of your time and give you any bad juju. You know, given the fact that you're from <laughs> Oklahoma, the, the best piece of advice that I can give you at this point is just don't pull a sooner schooner and just you know tip over before the game even starts. And you should probably be good. Oh, uh, yeah. That was a nightmare. Poor, poor Boomer Schooner. <laughs> All right, Kalen. Best of luck in the conference final. And uh, we hope to talk to you again soon. Thank you so much for coming on. All right. I appreciate it, guys. Have a good one. Cheers, buddy.